What up, guys? Man, I'm just sending them out rapid fire right now. Um, this is episode 12 of Invite the Neighbors. Um, it's coming out a day after episode 11 of Invite the Neighbors. Um, real quick, I want you to let you know that episode 11 is out. That's the one I recorded when I was at SwordFest um, a couple nights ago on Wednesday in, Gro- in Bowling Green. Um, the Summit Shack Festival. Uh, it was fucking loaded. So that was a lot of fun. But this episode is a special episode coinciding with the release of Colin Haggerty Ship and Sales, uh, new EP called Hymnal that is coming out at midnight tonight if you're listening to it the day this comes out, which is Friday, um, July 28th. So the EP will be out at midnight. Um, and then he's playing a EP release show the following uh, day, Saturday, at Dragon's Den at Ipsy. Which, unfortunately, coincides with the fact that I'm also playing a show that night at Club Above with White Flash and Idio Bliss um, and Normal Park. So that's also going on in Ann Arbor if you're a fan of Normal Park, Idio Bliss, uh, my band in a daydream. Um, but for all Collins fans and all the guys that I know will definitely be at his show, it's at Dragon's Den on Saturday. Um, so, yeah. We talked about the EP on this episode. We broke it down. Uh, there's five songs. He kind of gave a little background in each song. We started from the beginning and went all the way to the end. And then uh, at the end of the episode, he played a song, played a new song that's not on the EP because he figured you guys are going to be listening to the EP anyway. So might as well show you something that you're not going to hear. Um, anyways, hope you guys enjoy and thanks for listening. And also other stuff. Whose guitar is that someone I should know about? My guitar. Oh, you're a guitar. Doing it with guitar. With a guitar. This is the most riveting beginning to a podcast of all time. <laughs> Are we on? Are we live? Yeah, we're live, man. Oh, gosh. Okay. I'm Hello. here with Elon Musk. I'm here with um, Elon Musk. No, I just do. I just got to watch this episode of Joe Rogan where he had this guy like Bob Lazar on. This guy apparently worked in like Area 51. And he's, he, oh, claims, wait a minute. he claims to have seen and, and like worked on one UFO but seen like nine wait a minute i i think i i feel like i was just listening to a podcast about this and i don't remember if it was bob lazar or not but they're talking about somebody who had come out with like a bunch of information from area 51 they were talking about whether or not they thought or whether or not people think that like people in their first like their beginning time at area 51 that worked there are put like in this like room with files that have fake stuff in it yeah yeah they were talking about to see if like they will spoil that stuff and it's just a wild thought process or like they would put information in it that was like falsified on purpose so that if that falsified information gets out they know what file is actually leaked kind of thing because they also know like who did it yeah yeah and if they're trustworthy yeah, that's fucking wild. It's so I listened crazy. to a pretty cool podcast about Area 51 recently. Yeah, I mean, all that shit is hot right now. Yeah. Like Chernobyl, not the same thing, but like <laughs> things like that are just like really popular. My dad was just telling me to watch Chernobyl. I don't even. I know it's something to do with like nuclear shit. I don't know. I'm I probably sound so smart right now. <laughs> But yeah, I sometimes I forget that I'm doing a podcast and people are, might not know who I'm talking to. <laughs> Colin from Ship and Sail. Oh yeah. Everybody. Hey. Hello. I'm Colin. Um first repeat guest. Yeah, first two timer. Wow. I love dude. that. That like listening to podcasts 
that's the goal, right? Yeah. You want to be the first repeat guest if you're not the first guest, which I was the second guest, which is not bad. Right. Either. Those right. Two, two pretty good spots there. I really would like to get past pretty life proud. on again one day. The, yeah. the first band from Philly. Get him on your 100th episode. Oh, that'd be pretty wild. Yeah. That'd be pretty wild. Yeah, that'd be cool. But you are here because you have a fancy new EP coming out. Yeah, a fancy new EP coming out at midnight. This is being recorded on, on Thursday, so it's coming out on Friday, which is also when this podcast is coming out. So this will actually be perfect. I can release it tomorrow, and people will have all day today. If you're listening to it on Friday, you'll have all day today to listen to Colin break down song by song which ones made him cry the most. <laughs> which one makes other people cry the most um and just yeah i'm kind of interested to see like because i saw you live uh solo mm-hmm. and i obviously i saw you play in here the last time but listening to that ep was like the first time i got um a taste of what that would translate to like with a full arrangement yeah it was the band yeah the band there so it was interesting it was definitely interesting. Yeah, and it was like an interesting process for us too. Um, not fully knowing what was going to happen and just kind of going for it, which is how I like to record. And it always and it came out great. I like I'm doing that super too. Happy with it. So do you like you just write the song on guitar and uh, and vocals basically, and then when you record, is that when the arrangement starts to like take shape, or do you have any ideas beforehand for the arrangement? <clears throat> a lot of times, I have like a. A melody in mind and that kind of will lead an arrangement a lot um on past records i had written like all the lyrics and sort of all of the song but not really ever finished the song until i started recording it oh uh, okay on this one i had it a little bit more structured but recorded them to a click and just let the band go in and just was like do what you guys want um that's pretty cool it worked out really really well i played guitar and banjo and mandolin and um some electric guitar on there uh but noah wright played cello oh it, no, that's noah did it yeah, okay Haley mcnichol from bombastic dream pussy uh sang um anthony zito from space cadet and holy profane and bombastic dream pussy played bass uh mike higgins from koopa kid and uh no fun club played drums and other percussion stuff that was really cool Sweet. Um, and he uh he was a big part in like the direction that the songs went from like mike like i went in and just recorded acoustic and vocals and then mike went in after me and he kind of like took it all in a different direction which was really really cool to see. Oh, okay yeah and that was like what i was hoping for so it was exciting it yeah was really cool to watch it all get put together and then like finally hear the whole thing yeah that's interesting to kind of just like put your part down and it's like then your work is kind of done and then just like seeing where other people like just like letting off the reins sort of and just seeing like if you trust them which you obviously do that's pretty cool like i've never uh i've never done anything like that like i've definitely like put my parts down like the the guitar and the like the, the initial part that i used to write the song and then recorded the arrangement like i've wrote the arrangement just at the chair recording mm-hmm. but and that's interesting because you don't know where it's gonna go but it's mm-hmm. still just me yeah so like seeing where other people would take something like that i imagine would be pretty cool yeah and and this is the um one two three four this is the fifth time i'm recording with uh my producer sean and 
his he just has a lot of direction in my stuff too where oh, okay let him do stuff and take his advice because he always has really good advice that i might not think of did we and talk about him last time i think we did probably yeah and um from seeds was like very much like how i wanted it and like i did it a very certain way but i wanted this to be a little bit happier sounding or a little bit more something to gravitate to not just emotionally but also like musically and stuff yeah i see what you're saying yeah yeah definitely like i uh like that first song it definitely seemed like upbeat you know yeah it's like it's got like nice major yeah get clean is like a very fun song and like as soon as we started playing it or as soon as i started playing it actually jake reese was like one of the first people to like really get into that song was always asking me to play it and then um yeah that one kind of started becoming one that people liked to see me play live and then like we started playing with the band and people really started like it so i started asking around like what should be the single on this ep like i don't really like to do the first song all the time and people yeah it doesn't matter it has to be get clean and i was like all right i'll do it yeah but that's cool so like the uh the record as a well the ep as a whole so like how long (coughs) when did you start writing it um i think i started writing get clean in like the song get clean in like december um and that's when i like started writing for another ep okay but i didn't like really start doing well like writing a lot until like the end of january and then I finished all the writing by the end of like February. Oh, okay. But the second song is called One Year Ago. And that song I read, I wrote on September 25th, 2018, because it was a year after my brother died. And I wrote it in a oh, sitting. Yeah. I recorded a demo in a sitting. And this is just a reworking of that. And it's like the same lyrics. Oh, okay. Um, so it's just, uh, I had a demo for like almost a year and I just wanted to put it on the EP. It's an important song and, uh, oh, yeah. it felt right. So, yeah, I know what you mean. Like I, I have a, a couple songs right now that I wrote like back when I was playing with that, the first band that I had great Neptune, which was like completely different from like what I play now, but like the stems of the songs that i wrote like i i really like them so i've reworked them a couple times and now they're in a daydream songs but it's just like they're and they're not necessarily they don't feel the same as some of the stuff like noah and i have been writing Mm -hmm. but i'm like i can't get rid of them like i I gotta put it on because i love playing them (coughs) yeah i think that's i mean i'm i don't sit on my music a lot but i don't think it's a bad thing to sit on music for a long time Right. Um, I just like for some reason have trouble with it. But right now I'm writing for a record. Like a full length? For next year, yeah. And it gives me some anxiety that like stuff I've written over the past couple of months is going to be on something that I'm releasing in like a year from, or not a year, but less than that, but like next year. Um, But, you know, I like the songs right now. And if that changes, it changes. Yeah. um, Yeah, I'm kind of starting to start writing more again and start getting stuff done again the other day at my show with jail socks in vermont and petty theft i played a song solo like in the middle of our full band set that was uh 
like a brand new song they had written like the day before. Okay. So that was cool. I just met those guys yesterday, Vermont and uh, Jail Socks. Yeah, they're great. Yeah. Vermont from Kentucky, but technically they say they're an Ohio band. Yeah. And then then I think uh, Jail Socks from North Carolina. Yeah. Yep. They're from North Carolina. Yeah. They they put out a good show. It was a fun show. Yeah. Yeah. They were both really good. They Mm -hmm. were cool to talk to, too. Mm -hmm. Um, And then so what's the uh is there like an overarching theme because i'm imagining i knowing you there's there is <laughs> yeah so basically i'm yeah. asking you what is it so that's so that's like that's exactly like what i've been having trouble with writing the rec the next thing is that i haven't nailed down a theme yet because when i do i start running with it but um this theme is sort of like um doubting myself but not in a bad way like more like questioning myself yeah like questioning stuff that i like maybe saw when i was younger or that i believed when i was younger like previously held beliefs things like yeah and like that's kind of why it's titled hymnal and that's why there's a lot of like religious stuff and like um a lot of it is like fabricated versions of like my past history with religion but i was never like super into like i was never super religious but there's times where i questioned it and wanted to believe it and like so hence the name hymnal kind of makes sense i could yeah, see yeah and it's just play sort now. of supposed to be a collection of like questioning my own thoughts and processes to hope for a more positive result in the end yeah that makes sense yeah and um it's nice to, to think of it as like a positive thing because it's not like an overwhelmingly sad thing and um it's just a lot of thought processes and like I think that's a direction that I tend to go a lot more lately is like instead of talking just about being sad or just like about things that have been sad, it's been more of like a reflection based songwriting. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's kind of a good, that's kind of where you'd want to be. I don't think you'd want to find your groove and being sad. And then every album is just sad. You know, I mean, some people like they pull that off, but it's nice if you can, and obviously you're just doing whatever feels natural at the time. Yeah. But it's nice if you can like move in a, a direction mm-hmm. a, a, away from being sad. You yeah. might always go back. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's okay to, to, to be sad. I just am trying to frame oh. it in a more reflective way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So just to be, make it a little bit different. And so, like, I think religion is something that I can use as truth and as a metaphor. And like, it strikes with people and makes people understand, you know? Yeah. Um, so i liked that idea and once i kind of started that idea i ran with kind of this idea of doing like positive looking artwork with like and then bridge who did a lot of colors and stuff yeah bridge did my artwork and she added all all the flowers on the background i asked her to do a painting of me and to just do it how she wanted to and it came out so cool yeah it is really cool and i was like let's let's run with the flowers thing and she made all the single artwork that's all like super pretty surrounded by little individual flowers and like all that stuff in there to make it you know look aesthetically pleasing and and, yeah and something positive so that the idea of reflecting on yourself is thought of in a more positive light oh okay that's cool yeah you actually put a lot of thought into it yeah i tend to yeah yeah that's good (laughs) 
it's not just like oh i don't know it just looks cool <laughs> you know you definitely get those it's it's funny because like i didn't put thought into it immediately it was like bridge i kind of think i want a painting of myself on the front yeah and then like i sent her some album covers and she was like cool i have an idea and then once she did that it like sparked this idea and i don't think i had a title first or anything and it just kind of all came at once after seeing her artwork and kind of like uh doing that which i love and she did the artwork for from seeds as well and uh so yeah it's cool to have somebody else do the artwork to help me kind of kickstart some inspiration that's cool man that's so cool like it's cool when you have like the um i mean it's 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 nice to have like a a vision from the from the very get-go that's fun too to just like know exactly Mm -hmm. what you want like completely like musically aesthetically and everything artwork i'm sure there's that but then it's also cool to like not really have an agenda and then slowly but surely it starts to like form organically but it, it makes sense and by the end of it it all it's all cohesive and it all yeah just happened naturally there was even a track change after doing a lot of the artwork um there's a song called milk crate seat that was going to be on it um and blood moon was going to be on a split with uh tanner but at the once i finished writing blood moon i just like it just felt right to go on the ep so i switched it yeah i was gonna ask if if there was anything that that didn't make the cut sort of uh, blood moon might be the best song i've ever written so it's hard to like say that milk crazy didn't make the cut because like it got replaced by a song that would have beat out any song oh okay and I then think you, milk crazy will still come out eventually yeah you're gonna put that on something else yeah yeah i got you um well you said you wanted to do like a like a track by track sort of breakdown yeah so let's talk about that lead me on through it man so you just want to start from the top yeah so the first song is called get clean like we talked about it's uh it's like like we were talking about earlier it's very like positive sounding in like the music it's very like fun music yeah um it's got like a cool lead guitar part in the beginning and like the shaker um which is really cool i love the drums that mike does um Haley has some great background vocals um and zito's bass all over this is just amazing i love the way zito plays bass um and so like it's in but the lyrics aren't very like classic me fashion where it's like the beginning is like a love song and the ending is just about like drugs (laughs) (laughs) um but i was sort of like in this weird time where i was like thinking about relationships a lot and not like in a relationship or anything but like thinking about whether that's something that like I was ready for in my life at the time. This is like six months ago. This is not that long ago. Right, right. But like uh, just thinking about that kind of thing and then kind of this romance idea around Christmas time where it's like. Yeah, I'm a sucker for that, dude. Yeah, and then like I had been listening to a lot of Tanner's music and he has this line that I had misheard and I thought it had something to do with like somebody humming like like the static on the television screen yeah and i kind of thought of this idea of like just the energy that somebody has can be like 
can be impactful on your mood and stuff. Oh, absolutely. And so that's just like what the beginning of the song is like. The you hum like the Christmas lights thing. It's just like breathing off this sort of romance. And it might not be like a forever romance or like a real thing. But like in the time being in this like, you know, it being December and it being like that sort of thing. It's kind of this thing. And at the end, it's just kind of like this hook of like, you know, sometimes I think it's being begged to get clean and sometimes I think it's begging someone else to and it just depends on the day and it depends on what the person wants it to be when they hear it huh yeah you know? yeah it's cool when you can have a line like that that yeah like yeah ambiguous meanings like it's clear and it's not like a million different meanings it could possibly have but like you can take it one of uh, one or two different directions yeah and then the second verse is kind of funny because like I just was in somebody's bathroom and there's like a bunch of jewelry hanging above the sink I'd never noticed anybody ever wearing jewelry. Huh. Or this person ever wearing jewelry. And it was just all hanging out. And I thought it was weird. So I just like wrote it in a song. I don't know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's There's, weird. That's a, like, so you know this person and they just never wear jewelry, but they just have a shit ton of it lying around? I don't know. I'd just not seen them wear jewelry, maybe. Huh. Maybe, or I'd just not notice because I can sometimes not be super attentive. Yeah, I feel you, dude. It's funny. Um, this cat is just like chilling, man. It's, it's so beautiful. <laughs> I know. I'm about to snap a photo of this too. My cat is you just should. sitting. She's been sitting on my lap like this entire time. It's been a while, yeah. And it's it's really cute. She's a good girl. She likes taking pictures too. It looks like. My oh cat, yeah, she's my cat very, hates it. She's very photogenic. Oh. <laughs> she looks like my cat Sebastian growing up. She's such a dweeb. It's funny. Uh, my dad always pretended to hate my cat Sebastian, but he loved Sebastian so much. And now he'll never have a cat again because he loves Sebastian so much. Aw. He used to come at night and my dad would always wear like crew neck sweatshirts and the cat would go underneath the sweatshirt and pop his head out of the neck hole. Holy and shit. And would pet him over the sweatshirt. How's that even real life? That seems like something that's like scripted, know, you know? I know. It's incredible. That's awesome. <laughs> And I'm putting up the Swordfest episode right meow. Nice. Not that anybody listening cares. <laughs> but, uh. All right. So there's the first track. Yeah. Um, From there, oh, did you have like, Whit, oh, go ahead. Whip played keys on that. Oh, really? And he did like a toy piano. And it's so cool. Oh, yeah. He loves that toy piano, that during, little Yamaha thing. Yeah. And then during the bridge, he has like this really cool. Um, it's a really cool organ that just like comes in so strong and like it just changes the whole thing and it makes it so good. Um, on top of that, Noah's cello is super good too, but Noah, uh, Noah Wright of Idiot Bliss and In a Daydream and sometimes Varsity Letter and sometimes Ship and Sail now. <laughs> That's right in bad television. Oh, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, yep. He's played bad television too. Um, so, yeah. That's the first track. The second track is One Year Ago. Um, my brother died in 2017. It was really rough. And a year later, I was feeling a lot better than, you know, I was when he died. And I wanted to reflect on that because I thought the main point of that song for me was that, like, when my brother died, a lot of people, like, brought up a lot of, like, the really cool and good stuff about him that, like, maybe he didn't think about a lot, or I didn't think about a lot, or, like, mom didn't think about a lot, maybe. Um, but, like, a lot of people had a lot of really good things to say about him. Yeah. Which made me think, that's probably true for everybody, you know? And there's probably really good things to think about yourself, 
that we may not think about enough. Um, and the point of that song was kind of like to say, like, I'm remembering the positive memories with him and I am going to try to rem- try to focus in on the positive aspects of myself too. Yeah. Since I can like see how that's impactful after the fact. Oh yeah. So it was kind of like, it, I wanted it to be a happy reflection song of like, um, his death. So I didn't write another, like just sad song about it. Um, right. Kind of like what I was saying before. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I wrote that just like in a, in a setting when I was like a, a year to the day of when he died, I wrote and recorded it and put a demo up on Bandcamp. It's still up there and it will probably stay up. Yeah. But the full band track with, with, uh, everybody on it is, uh, coming out tomorrow or Friday today. Cool. And that's, that's dude. Did you have like a, the the ordering of the songs was there any progression with it or just kind of yeah so once i like put them together get clean just felt like a first song to me like from the get-go i even started opening with it when i first wrote it and stuff and then the last track center is like a closer okay Um, the other ones were kind of like one year ago feels more like get clean then it does feel like Sinner. And Delaware Street, which is the fourth song, feels more like Sinner than it does like oh, okay. Get Clean. And Blood Moon, which is in the middle, feels nothing like any of them. Oh, okay. So it's kind of like this progression between like this sort of thing and then Blood Moon, that's way different. It's a higher BPM, but doesn't feel as fast. Oh, that's always cool. And then um, back down to like slower style ship and sail songs and then ending in like a classic folk ship and sail like just song yeah so like the second song one year ago it's pretty it feels really fast um it's pretty much just like this like kind of snare roll the whole time it's super fun um really cool cymbal hits and some some really good tom uh effects that feel like huge uh yeah during the bridge and then also during this like bridge part um I like float down to where it's only like the acoustic guitar strumming a couple times and like the toms and I'm singing like slowly and Haley recorded this like awesome background vocal and then Sean mixed it really cool with all these effects and like I'm talking about how I don't really believe in heaven but I like to think there's some sort of thing that like I don't know. Some sort of like. Some sort of thing that like. Metaphysical equivalent maybe. Yeah, my mom and my brother can feel some sort of thing together. Yeah. I don't really believe that as much as I want to believe it. You know what I mean? Um, It's hard to like adamantly believe anything when when the truth is you can't really know. Yeah. And and what I truly believe is that 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 just isn't what happens. You just. Yeah. And that's fine. Well, that's the only thing that we could really um, conceive of. Yeah. You know? And then so it has this like crazy, like cool, eerie background vocals to it. And then later in the EP on the last song, I talk about Heaven Again. And then there's a lot of delay on like the guitar and stuff. So like my producer, he told me sometimes he does stuff on purpose and it works. And sometimes he does stuff and then he accidentally finds out how well it works and he would let me decide which one it was. But both times I talk about some sort of afterlife the music gets really eerie in the background Mm. and it's so cool that's tight yeah 
Um, so that happens in one year ago. The third track is maybe the best song I've ever written. Everyone, like a lot of my friends say it is, like Tanner. Tanner's obsessed with this song. Um, I am too. Uh, it just feels like a, it just feels like it came out of me in a really weird way. Like it took me forever to finish. I was just playing this riff for Blood Moon all the time and I couldn't figure out how to make it into a song. Yeah. And I finally did by like putting a capo on five of the strings and leaving the lowest E string open, giving me some space with the riff and stuff. And then from there, it just like started coming out so fast. And then I wrote so many lines, just like so many verses and so Is many that the one that you played last time I was yeah. on the podcast. Yeah. When, yeah. You said the pot, the, the capo thing. And that, mm-hmm. that made me think like, Oh, yeah. that sounds familiar. And oh, I just okay. wrote so many verses and so many, um, choruses and I cut some stuff and then I like thought I was done. And then I kept writing other stuff and having it stuck in my head and adding it. So it ended up being the longest song. It's like five minutes and two seconds, I think. And, uh, I love it so much about 30 seconds in or something. Mike, Mike comes in on the drums with every, and then everybody else comes in and Noah's doing this cool, like sort of walking cello. Oh, sweet. And, uh, and it's just the way it came out was so much bigger and better than I expected. And it's become like my favorite one to play live too. And, oh, that's cool. Um, yeah. It's, it's, I love that song. And it's sort of like I was staying up late to watch the blood moon and Uh-oh. it was in January. And when I looked, the other day when I did the sailors update email thing, I was looking up to see when that blood moon was. I, and I found out like a week ago that the blood moon was on my mom's birthday. And this oh, was wow. the first birthday after she died. And this was when I started writing this song. I thought that was kind of cool. Oh, that's tight. Um, so I was kind of writing this song and I felt weird because I went straight into like blood moon over the heads of the meek will inherit the earth and will be fast asleep. And I was like, I've never really written like this before. I haven't delved into like a lot of religion stuff yeah. yet. And then I like in the in the chorus, it's like I'm sick of kneeling to an empty priest and closing my eyes will they baptize me. Um and like continuing this like theme. And that was when I was like, okay, I could possibly like continue this religion thing. And then I started like just doing it a lot. And yeah. And then reckon, and then like a lot of people I love do it too. Like Connor Overs does it all the time. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, you know, the mountain goats do that kind of stuff all the time. So like I just started kind of running with that and that's sort of like what sparked the rest of the writing for the EP. And then, so that song has kind of become like when I, when I uploaded hymnal onto like Spotify and stuff like that was the song I submitted to editor playlist. And like, that's the song that I sent to, blogs and stuff you know? yeah um obviously like i thought it was too good to be the single because i didn't want it to get oh okay. like i didn't want it to be the only good one yeah i know what you mean i wanted to be i wanted it to be like the surprise once you hear it oh that's and cool. i hope that that's like not too big of a thing to say but like no i know what you're saying that song just feels different to me i don't know i can't really put my finger on it and then the ending was uh there's this hook that just says or the the last chorus is, you don't have to heal me when I'm weak. Um, you know, don't bend over backwards to comfort me. Um, and that was sort of like this idea of like, 
feeling guilty that people want to help and want people want yeah i do i know what you mean supportive um like a lot of people can relate with that yeah from what i've noticed a lot of people like well if they're having any sort of like mental health or whatever even if they're just having a bad day they might not even have like a mental health diagnosis or whatever yeah but it's like people they feel like they're gonna burden somebody yeah, by telling them that it's almost like you want to tell somebody, but it, it maybe it feels selfish because it's like, yeah, why I don't want to burden them. I don't want to bother them with my shit, you know, right. which is funny, too, because everyone always tells you if you need anybody, just talk to me. You can always talk to me. And we're like, yeah. oh, that's so great. And then you just a lot of times you just don't, you know. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm you know, I'm the king of isolating and and pretending it's my friend's fault, you know, <laughs> but it's it never is. And, I, you know, that's I know learning, that, too. It's a learning experience, you know. Um yeah, and then the hook at the end of the song was kind of inspired by someone just kind of like saying they were thinking of me or whatever, and that being something that made them happy is weird. And just saying, you know, the the hook is like, come alive when you think of me and fall fast asleep when I'm leaving. Oh, wow. And it just That's felt cool. like a very, at the point where I was in in my life not so long ago, it was very much like a, this instance of like come alive when you think of me and fall fast asleep and I'm leaving is a, is a quick romance, you know? Yeah. And that was what I was trying to capture with it. And it ends kind of abruptly too. Yeah. And I think that that was kind of a, an unintentional perfect way to end the song. Yeah. I think I, ax- I think I just did it when I was recording and I was like, that's how I'm going to do it. That's cool. So, yeah. I love when shit like that happens. Yeah. It's so nice when that stuff comes together like so, that. Yeah, Blood Moon is probably my favorite track. Um fourth track is called Delaware Street. This was funny because um I wrote it and I wrote it about driving to Haley's house and passing by the hospital and listening to Mount Erie. Like it's a very direct song. I was listening to Mount Erie and I was inspired by Mount Erie. Oh, okay. It. So I tried to be just very like direct about it. And like, it just straight up says when I drive to Haley's house, I pass by the hospital where you died. Like, it's just not. Yeah. Um, so like. No beating around the bush. Not yeah. trying to be overly and witty. It's kind or of anything. like these cool chords that I liked the sound of just really simple back and forth. Like nothing crazy. A lot of simple arrangements. Noah's cello really fills everything out. Did um, Noah play on every song? He played on four of the five on songs. Four. He didn't play on one year of one year ago, but he played on all the other ones. Okay. Um, Blood Moon in particular is just like really, really cool. Sweet. His cello. Um, so Delaware Street, and then that just ha- that's just like kind of a the, that's the second longest song, and it's just a reflective song about my mom. It's kind of a bummer song. It's kind of the yeah. It's kind of the old style bummer song. Um but played with the band and it kind of has a cool like we i start the song and i play through like the first chord and when i go to this when i switch to the second chord mike comes in on the drums and it's very like it feels unexpected and very like it takes it from like this normal like me just like plucking the strings to like almost like you want to dance a little bit at first. oh sweet but um and yeah i kind of am like going back and forth between like 
I'm in the middle and then I like go lower and then I go back and then higher and then back and then lower. And then Mike is doing like, uh, he's on like the hi hat. And then when I go, when I go to one, he goes on the ride and then he crashes and goes back. And like he just does the drums that follow it really like intensely. It's just super cool to see like his thought process through all of that. Cause I was like there and got to watch him and it was really, really cool. Yeah, that's cool. Um, so that song is cool. I like, I think the second line, it's kind of my favorite. It's like, I hope you feel pretty when you wake up because you deserve to feel something akin to self-love. And I think it's kind of just a thing to a lot of people I know that feel, you know, including my mom that felt, you know, that feel less than yeah, or feel ugly or feel insecure, insecure or for whatever reason or feel sad or feel anything like that. And it's just sort of like a, hope for them and hope for me that I feel that way too sometimes, you know? Oh yeah. And it doesn't have to be pretty. It can be happy or feel whatever. Yeah. When they wake up and just like having some sort of self love and positive. I remember the first time I wrote it and recorded, I sent it to Haley and she was like, is this all about your mom? And I was like, yeah. And I think she thought it was nice that I was writing that sort of thing. Cause it was true. And you know, I was, I was worried so much about how my mom was feeling. Yeah. Um, she, she had passed when I wrote this song, but it was, true like when she was like in her last year like i was always worried about how she not even just because she was physically feeling that she's feeling just so emotionally down on herself yeah you know so that kind of coming back into the play on this song a little bit yeah yeah i remember we talked about that the first time you were here too yeah talked a lot about like things and like sometimes i'm like i'm just like you know the things I got to stop doing in music is like, stop ripping off Connor Oberst. <laughs> stop writing about my mom. Stop writing about sleep. But it's like with my mom, it's just like, that's just always going to be a part of it. You know? Yeah. I mean, it makes sense, man. And ripping, ripping off Connor Oberst, probably always going to be a part of it too. I, just, I mean, I you're probably one of so many people that is going to rip off Connor Oberst. When, know, you're, when you're, that's like saying, I don't know. Like I know it's true. He's so huge. Yeah. <laughs> You know, yeah, he's um, such a a monster that it like you're, there's going to be so many people that feel that way. I'm seeing him next month. I'm so pumped. Oh, are you really? Yeah, Bell's Brewery. No shit, he's playing there. Yeah, it's gonna be wild. I think, dude, it's like there's 400 guaranteed tickets, I think, and then like 200 or 400 more that aren't guaranteed. They're only only guaranteed if it's outside. Oh, I wonder if it's sold out. Uh, I think the guaranteed is sold out, but I don't think the other ones are. So check the weather and then yeah, get one. Yeah. Is he just playing as, as Connor Oberst? Or yeah. And I don't know if it's solo or what, uh-huh. but I'm assuming it's going to be with the band, but we'll see. That's I hope, gonna be I hope Griffin Goldsmith plays with him from Dawes. Oh, dude, I did not know he was coming. That would be so cool. Yeah. I'm pumped about it. I only saw him once with, uh, I've never seen him. Dace Parasitos though. Uh, which wasn't really the same but it was cool it's still cool yeah yeah they like they opened up for brand new i'm pretty sure it was cool it was cool to see them yeah um so then the last track is called sinner and this song was really like designed to round out everything and i was listening to the trappies swinger by iron and wine a lot when i was writing this okay um just because sometimes that song just really tugs at the heartstrings and you keep listening to it all the time and it's so long and it's just like i love this kind of like he has like a hook going throughout it but 
decided like instead of doing that to just do like a shorter version and no hooks and just sort of like a cool vocal melody that kind of serves as its own sort of hook like it's four verses technically or two verses depending on how you look yeah. at it no choruses but everything kind of feels very like the same and it's just a super reflective song um it talks about the first thing that is said in the song is the coffee is ready but you have to fix it and that was like i was just sitting in Haley's apartment just kind of jamming on her guitar making up fake songs and playing this chord progression that i had made up yeah and she said that she was like the coffee's ready but you have to fix it so i just started singing that and then with the vocal melody that I had done there and just like chord progression, just like it was stuck in my head for like a couple of months, just like that line and a couple other ones I had written that day, just messing around. Yeah. And then I finally finished it and it rounded out. And the first part is just about sort of this, like interact, this like hanging out at Haley's apartment or like can be considered as hanging out with anybody. And just like having this yeah. idea of like sort of just friendship and, having somewhere to feel included where it's like, you're just hanging around doing nothing but like drinking coffee and watching a movie. Um, and that being enough to subside your thoughts for a while, you know? Yeah. Um, and then the second one, the second verse goes into, um, Oh, the second verse goes straight into like a, an, an old, like sort of like wishful thinking thing. I always wanted to hear, which is like, your brother's coming home. He wasn't convicted. And then it follows up with like, who can blame him for causing some mischief? Cause we've all been kids. Yeah. And like that sort of idea of like, if I was a kid and would have been told like when my brother's got in trouble, like, you know, we all mess up. That's it. And like, they didn't get in they're Like, this is it now. We've been kids and we, you know, and unfortunately, we always went further than that. But it, I feel like I always wanted to hear that. And so, like, kind of putting that in a song is kind of like this still, like, this sort of wishful thinking that, like, it is all going to be okay. And, like, since writing this song, things have gotten really good for, like, you know, my brother and other people that I know that are in, you know, sticky situations. And it's just tough, you know. And to think about it that way, that's, like, we all mess up. We've all been kids. Oh, yeah, dude. And it's just part of what we have to go through. And like, so that was what that was. Um, and there's kind of a break where I have a banjo solo. I love that. Gotta have that, dude. It feels very, very like I was going for kind of an Avid Brothers-esque sound with like the level of the banjo, having the banjo solo in the middle. Um, sort of like having a banjo go throughout the song. Sometimes it's more prevalent than others. And then a guitar solo at the end. And then the second verse is uh, the dog on the balcony is looking suspicious. And that's because for like a year when I would, maybe not that long, but for a long time, I'd go over to Haley and Bridges' apartment. And there were like two houses down on the balcony. There was a dog that would always be outside. And he was huh. so sad. And like, he was so cute. And I just wanted to go over there and get him and pet him and uh, take him home with me. So it literally, like, that was one of the other lines I wrote that day when I first started writing it. And I was just like, that's so cute and then uh the last line is denied every time from heaven's admission and that's kind of just like a i keep failing and keep failing but yeah same recognition as in the past verse where it's just like that's okay sometimes like yeah i may not be 
you know, I may not believe in everlasting life or an afterlife, and that could mean all sorts of different things for me. And in reality, it just is fine. And it's just, I have to just... I kind of lost my train of thought. Oh, well, you're saying like how you like, uh, you don't necessarily believe in the afterlife. Yeah. So like I might be denied from that or I might, it might might be something that I just have to live with that. Like, it's just what I believe. Yeah. I'm all, I'm I'm all messed up. Delete this part. Go back. (laughs) So the last part is denied every time from heaven's admission. And that's just sort of saying like, and then the next part is, and if there's a God out there, I don't think I'll miss him. And it's just kind of this idea of like, maybe I won't ever have that, but I don't believe it's there. And it's also okay if I don't get that, you know? Yeah. It's okay if I don't have everything in the world. And it's okay if I don't have a perfect life or if I'm not always comfortable. Because I have a lot and like there's enough to be grateful for already, I guess. Yeah. And sort of saying like the last line is just, I am a sinner. And I think that's just me being able to say, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm imperfect like yeah. everybody else. And I think it's a weird thing to say because I've not been challenged to say that I'm perfect, but right, right, right. Conclusion with myself where it's like, I'm not always right. Like I might think I am, or like, I'm not, you know, the best at anything or, you know, I just am a good, I'm as good as I can be. And that's good. That's great. That's all we need. And trying to come to terms with that in, <laughs> yeah, like, in context of like not believing in any sort of like yeah just putting less pressure on the whole thing and just keeping it as more of like a human being basis of like i'm just gonna mess up and i'm gonna yeah i mean no sense in really worrying about it too much you know if you think about it yeah i think that's sort of like the conclusion i wish to come to you know and that's what i'm writing for is like one day I hope to not think about all this stuff as much as I do. But, it's normal though. Yeah. Especially I, I, when you've gone through a lot of shit like you have. Yeah. And I, and I do love doing it. You know, I, I listen to all kinds of different podcasts that people talk about all kinds of different stuff. And it just sends me down all sorts of like yeah. mental rabbit holes. Of, oh like, yeah. Of life. Like things I don't, you know, I think it's good to think about, but it's like, it's insane sometimes, you know, and I think I talked about some of those podcasts last time, like end of the world with Josh Clark, where it's just like, everything is so, so much more fragile and different than like we treat it in the world. But at the same time, we just worry about a bunch of stuff that we can't control instead of the stuff we can control. Oh yeah, dude. And like, that's what a lot of this writing of the CP is about. Huh. I think. Yeah, that kind of makes sense. Just like not like understanding that there's going to be flaws, there's going to be like step ups, there's going to be bad things that happen. But at the end of the day, there's like only thing you can really worry about is like or or control rather is like how you react to them. Yeah. Like how you carry yourself. Like understanding that like it's it's normal to have a reaction, like a negative reaction to negative things, but it's like how long you stay negative. Like you have you have a say in that. You know what I mean? Like you kind of have a say in like how how much effort you're gonna put into like feeling a certain way. Because I I think when it comes down to it, there's like 
you can put effort into into changing your feelings. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you can be really down and I'm not discrediting it. I'm not minimizing it at all. But like some people never, some people don't do anything about it. Yeah. And it's because they convince themselves that like there is nothing they can do about it. And they like, they talk themselves into a corner. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think for me personally, it's like just a big like, self-forgiveness thing is like just trying to always work on like being more forgiving of myself because like yeah you can regret stuff you've done and and be upset with yourself but if you don't forgive yourself you can get yourself in trouble and like that's what i did you know i just didn't forgive myself for a long time it just put me in a really bad place yeah and i feel like too dude i can relate because like if you don't forgive yourself then it's like you have this low opinion of yourself and then like when the opportunity comes along to do something bad or you it's you're more likely to do it because you don't have like this like high opinion of yourself and you don't have like this positive self image that would like prevent you from that would tell you like, no, you're not the type of person that does something like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Instead you have this sort of like fatalistic, like, well, I'm just, I'm just no good. And like, this is the type of shit I would do, yeah. you know? And so you're yeah, more likely so, to fuck up. Yeah. And like, now I'm, I'm, I'm sort of feeling on the other side of this now where I'm not feeling that sort of, um, pressure to continue self-destructive patterns or like yeah things like that and i really wanted to i don't even know how well i portrayed it through the record but i think that That's was why we do this part of what i was part <laughs> of what i was writing i think yeah a lot of the record is still kind of sad when you get down into it but i think there's some themes that you can recognize that are working towards self-forgiveness and it might not be i might not be there yet yeah and i definitely wasn't there when i was writing the songs but um i might be reflected on like the 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 full length though you know what i mean maybe you'll you'll follow that natural progression you don't you can sort of be (laughs) in flux you can sort of be in the middle yeah you know and like i'm writing come across and i'm writing a lot of that stuff right now you know so like a lot of these thoughts are still bubbling around in my head Um, right so they're coming out you know I was going to ask you if you had like any idea about what direction, if any, like maybe the full length would go. Like if you, as you said, you started writing it a little bit. Yeah. Like for something that you don't plan on it coming out until next year, do you even have any interest in writing lyrics for it right now? Or do you kind of want to yeah. wait until it gets yeah, closer? So, so I'm going to start recording it soon ish. So I am writing it now a lot now. Um, and a lot of it is very, like, I've been thinking about the future a lot, like, uh, and my friends can attest to this. I like, I like, I want to be a dad one day so badly, you know? Yeah. And like a lot of the writing that I am doing now is either reflective of my own life. Like I do a lot, like a lot of nostalgic childhood stuff or, it's sort of like saying like, this is what I need to do or what I want to do to become a person that can be a father. Yeah. And that's sort of like on from seeds, there's a song called hope. And that's like what that song is about. And some of this record is kind of running with that theme a little bit too, where it's like, you know, I have a song just about wanting to be a good, just just called good man. And it's like, it's out a demo of it is out on a compilation. And it's just like, I want to be a good man. You know, that's how it is. And, that's all that whole thought process of wanting to be good comes from like me loving 
my dad and loving being a son and wanting to be a dad and having a son you know what i mean yeah like that's what that that whole all of my like pride of how good of a person i am comes from like wanting to be a good son and father more than anything else i feel that a lot yeah sometimes like it's it's almost like ingrained in me because like of like wanting to be like more so the 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 good son part of things like yeah. I think it'd be cool to be a dad but like I'm not I'm very ambivalent about it because yeah. of like the way society is but before I go down that rabbit hole like <laughs> let me just get my thought yeah, out that, that's a real thought though that's like a real yeah. concern yeah like um but yeah I, I find myself like wanting to be a good son so badly that like I will look at parts of this is a flaw like. I'll talk to like therapist about this shit. And I'm very open about the fact that I go to therapy because I love it. Oh, you should be. I, yeah, I, I, I don't I go right it. now, but I loved therapy. Yeah. But like, I was just talking about this shit yesterday um, about how like, I want to be a good son so badly that I'll look at my self image, like the, the culmination of all my traits or whatever. And like all my hobbies, interests, things like that. And I'll compare that like subconsciously, I'll compare that to like the, the person who I think would be the ideal son to who my dad is. Mm -hmm. And like, I'll compare those two and like all those things that I think he would want me to be versus who I actually am. And it's not that like, he doesn't like who I am, but I feel like he would rather me be like into hunting and golf. Whereas I'm really not at all. You know what I mean? I know what you mean. Like he likes rock and roll and I'm a fucking rock and roller, <laughs> you know? So like we bond over that and like the fact that I'm like doing comedy, like he thinks is cool. Cause like he's, he yeah. basically taught me to laugh, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's super easy for me. And, and like, it fucks me up sometimes. Cause it's like, I, I need to be reminded that like, no dude, there's nothing wrong with like who you are. And like, you don't have to like yeah. make any, make anybody else happy. Yeah, you know? I, and I feel just, like, so, so lucky that, like, my dad was the kind of dad that wasn't, he didn't care about what I liked to do. He just wanted me to, like, do my best at anything I did. Yeah. Like, he lo- he loved basketball, too, in a sense where, like, he played a lot when he was in college, just, like, with his friends, and, like, he likes basketball, but, like, I really wanted to play when I was young, and, like, he always played with me, he taught me how to play like um half and half with my brother and like um even when i was like skateboarding he was not that was never like something he was into didn't understand it really right but you know he always supported that kind of thing um and then once i got into music it just really was like it went from like oh i'm gonna support you with whatever you do to like oh i'm gonna support you with whatever you do and you found something that i actually like also love so so much um so it just kind of came to that part where it was just like me and him love so much the same music now and our relationship is built so much on music even so sometimes we're like hey when was the last time we talked about stuff that wasn't music like we have to be careful to talk about our stuff too because we'll go down rabbit holes you know because he writes and he plays in in a band and um right now he's just doing like a cover thing with a band but he write some really really good songs and um i have a cover of one of his songs on my bandcamp page and we have a bandcamp page together um that has some cool stuff on it um and yeah he just uh we have a super good relationship now and like that just makes me all the time want to 
even more so like think about having a child and like now I'm, my sister on his side has two kids my brother has a kid and and they he, watching him be a grandfather too is just like it's all so cool you yeah know? i just love watching it all happen i just hung out with my sister and, and her kids uh, a couple weeks ago and it was it was amazing and then uh, how old are you again 23 23 so i got time yeah you got plenty of fucking time mm-hmm. my dad will say that too <laughs> yeah i'm uh i'm five years older than my dad was when i was born so it's like nice it's it's one of those things where i know i'm four years older i can't do math four years older but still it's it's like it's weird to think that he looks at me now who's someone as someone who's like at least age wise is more than ready to be a dad. Yeah. Whereas when I look at myself, I'm like, hell no. Like I'm not even like mentally, you know, they all say, Oh, once it'll change. Once you have it, everything changes. Yeah, I know. And that's what I'm not ready for. My dad's been like very, very clear about like, you don't need to rush. Yeah. Yeah. Like he didn't have me at a young age, but he was pretty young when he like first got married and like started, you know? Yeah. I don't know how old he was when he actually had my sister, but like he was like, you know, married and moving to California or whatever at a pretty young age. So I think he was younger than I am now or the same age. He married, got married, moved to California. Yeah. That's kind of cool. My sister was born in California, which is kind of wild, but probably, (laughs) <laughs> toy <laughs> surf's up katie dude i i think i'm gonna go to la in september just to check it out katie also went to south carolina and came back so i don't know what i don't know what's wrong with her she keeps going to these beautiful states and coming back to michigan yeah i've never been to carolina it's it's incredible yeah, i've heard south carolina really nice. and she lived in charleston uh and it was it was so great but i'm i'm glad she's in michigan it's, just a trip but yeah but south carolina was, was really really cool i used to go a ton with her so yeah i don't know anybody in south carolina i know someone in well my buddy's family lives in north carolina and uh i've been telling him like right? times he never does because he's a bastard yeah. but north carolina and georgia are both really cool too georgia i've driven through yeah georgia you gotta go to like savannah and it's it's really cool yeah, I've only been through Atlanta and then just, you know, where we passed around 75. Yeah. But and then only to get to Florida. Florida sucks. Florida, yeah. I mean, dude, it's like going it's go, going to Florida is like riding the same carnival roller coaster over <laughs> and over. Like, it never goes upside down. Like, it's just, it's supposed to be an attraction, but you go once or twice and you're like, oh, okay, I get it. It's that one. I, I don't like, need to do this again. It's like that Himalaya one that like you just go around. Yeah, like dude, time. it's not even a roller coaster. And after a while, you're just like, oh yeah, this was fun for the first. You're sweaty. Seconds. You're nauseous. Or like the the UFO one where you're stuck to the wall. Yeah. Oh, the gravitron. And you're just like, we've been in here for like 15 minutes, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like I think I'm good. I need to write that down. Now, now that I'm like trying to do stand up, oh, like, yeah. Every time, everything I say that makes me laugh. It just, I'm like, okay, I got to write it down. I want to do improv sometime. Improv, I feel like I'd be scared to do more. With stand-up, I wasn't, I, it was weird. Like, when I got up there, I wasn't scared. It was like, well, everyone tells you it's like, it's terrifying. And like, fear is what kept me from doing it for so long. But like, once I actually got up there, like, I had just had this attitude, like, I think this is funny either way. So like, if, if other good. people don't laugh, I'm so used to laughing at my own jokes yeah. and other people not laughing and then not caring yeah so it was just like that 
but people laughed, so I was lucky. I think I only want to do improv, so I don't have to do it alone. Yeah. I think that's it, just not wanting to do it alone. Yeah. I could see it. It's 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 vulnerable for sure. Yeah, oh yeah. I was mad respect that you went and did an open mic. I'm gonna keep doing it too. I'm gonna come. I'm gonna go every Tuesday. I wanna be like a regular because gonna, it's that's how you do it, man. I'm gonna try to yeah. I'm gonna try to come next week and see you. Well, so they're skipping a week on Tuesday. Right, this Tuesday come coming up, but the, 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 the one the one after. It's always at Club Above. And what it is, it's like they have an open mic, but it's also not an open mic. I mean it's a free show, so I guess it's an open mic. But like He's it's an open, open mic it's an open mic for the people who haven't done it before but like if there got to be too many comedians that were doing it they would stop i'm pretty sure they wouldn't uh they would like cut it off at some point um because there's like a lot of comedians i i mean that was my first time doing it but like i feel like a lot of these guys do it regularly yeah so i guess that's what any open mic is i don't know i don't know i don't know what i'm talking about <laughs> who knows you'll figure it out it's called something to do comedy night though at club above at 10 p.m. on Tuesdays, and it's free as fuck. And you got nothing to do. Yeah, something to do, something to do man. Watch me try to get away with a fucking some edgy jokes. <laughs> Sponsored by, yeah, Casper mattress. Yeah, I'll tell you one off air because I'm not trying to mix my comedy and my uh podcasting because I like to be the yeah. uh fly under the radar politically correctness wise when it comes to the podcast yeah, yeah but comedy there's no rules really i mean there are rules there's, but there's, there's rules. definitely rules but like there's <laughs> it's i love the freedom of it though it's the comedy it's what i should say is it's way more about your intent like what you're saying yeah, yeah. obviously you no, don't use right, racial right. slurs and things like that you don't use slurs but it's like more about intent with what you say like you can talk about wedge issues you know what I mean? I'll yeah. go as far as saying that. Like, I have some hot takes on some, like, controversial issues. But, like, the way I deliver them, I feel, well, the hope, at least, is that you deliver it in a way that brings together both sides and just shows the humor in it that's just in the issue rather than, like, saying one side's right, one side's right, wrong. Right, right, right. So yeah, everybody can just laugh about this one part of it. Right, yeah. You know? That's cool. Um, so yeah, I fucking love, I love comedy. That's cool. I almost, I don't know if I, I almost am afraid I'm going to like it more than music, honestly, because it's just so I mean, freedom. You do, you do, it's cool. I'm just always going to do both. That yeah. just is what it is. Yeah. I just was too afraid to do comedy, but now <laughs> I did it. Now I'm like, mentally, I feel like I just have to go do it again. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the Helm release is show. Oh yeah. Let people know. It's tomorrow. Because it's Friday Cause right it's now Friday when, you're listening. when you're listening to this. It is on Saturday the 29th. The release shows at the Dragon's Den uh, with Taurus Moon, Young Adult Fiction, and Parkway in Columbia. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty pumped about it. It's going to be a good time. I'll have missing a, my show at fucking I'll have a bunch Club of, Above. <laughs> I'll have a bunch of CDs um, for five bucks. They have a six-page insert. They all Most of them have stickers in them, too. Um, if you get one with a bird sticker, you get special prizes. Sweet. There's only a few that have bird stickers in them. Um, yeah. To the day we're recording this is Thursday. I'm about to go play a show with No Fun Club, which we've been doing for a while. It's been super cool. Um, yeah. Where are you guys playing? The Pike Room. You want to come? Uh, maybe. I you guess see go. what I got to do. You should go. It's going to be a fun show. I feel, like I, have, I, dream I feel like I have something to fucking do. 
I'll let you know when we get off here. I gotta check Something my schedule. To do and shit. Comedy. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Anyways, but yeah, and then so the CDs are up for sale. Uh, I'll have tapes soon from Two Foot Parade Records. I have CDs from uh, Good Luck Charm Records. Um, yeah, it's gonna be out digitally at, um, today, the twenty eighth, Friday. It is, and uh, yeah, I'm excited. I'm really, really pumped about this one. I think it's a new whole new sound and i'm looking forward to doing it all again sweet um and then so after the, after the release show on the 29th and my next show is july 12th and then i have a cool a couple cool new announcements to give everybody soon all right all right all right dude um did you want to did you want to play one yeah all right. I, is it weird to play one that's not on the ep <laughs> i don't give a shit i'm dude. gonna do a new it's one your episode okay <laughs> right. uh i'm gonna play a new song that's probably going to be on the next thing i release maybe i just figured since we just got the ep why don't we just add another new song to the mix uh it's called junkie love Unfamiliar to see Right of love Like a dog to its leash Walk together Under lights in the street Drop your head Never pick up your feet Leaning close, been a record for me Pray to your God on your weary knees Keep some good company Take your pills after you Junkie love, we're just pouring up To make it through the month But it's a cover up Kid, you stuck You cut them up, said you don't touch the stuff Back to where we started You had enough, we didn't call my bluff My dreams, it won't encompass 
Light a fire back to sea In my dreams it never bothers me It's a chunky love, never get enough To keep it off for one And to cover up, kid you stun Cut him up so you don't touch the stuff Back to where we started You had enough and you called my Sister.